done for you. I move the stars for no one. You've run so long, you've run so far. Your eyes can be so Today is September 4th, Labor Day weekend. We're uh, about 24 hours away from All Out, and we will, you know, briefly discuss that later on. But Eddie, um, first off, let's start with probably the most miserable episode of What If so far, uh, episode four. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Yeah, that was uh, not what I expected. Dude, it was heavy. It was heavy, for sure. It was very good, but, um, like I said, heavy. Yeah, I, man, when I read the, when I read the title, I was not uh, sure what that meant exactly. But, uh, yeah, I would say the best episode of the show to date. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, pretty... Pretty heavy, especially the. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of what. I guess it was the point where uh, Doctor Strange tried all these different ways to uh, keep uh, Christine alive, and no matter what he did, every outcome ended with her dying, um, including even, leaving even, her, just standing her up for a date, and her building catches fire. Yeah, sudden heart attack, like, just wild stuff, dude. Yeah, there was that. There was letting her drive, taking a different route. Um, what was another one? It was, um, let's see. Oh, they went for, uh, they went out for pizza instead of the fancy dinner, and then yeah. someone robbed the place and killed her. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> just, I, I was thinking, you know, like, are they going the like because you know they kept getting hit by that car i'm like are they going to reveal to us like this is a doctor strange from another timeline making sure that this happens or something but no no it's just this is an absolute point and it has to happen it's going to happen no matter what and that sort of thing can break a man and it did yeah i mean that was the the big thing where he he, um, he being Doctor Strange, uh, went down the path to, well, he was told that, like, this is an absolute point in time. Like, this has to happen no matter what, can't change it. And he didn't accept that. So he used, he went to the dark side and used the power of the dark dimension and mm-hmm. was just sucking all the, you know, energy from all of these weird demon creatures. Pre- Yes. Yeah, and yeah. becoming Strange Supreme, as he was called. Yeah. And he overpowers good Doctor Strange and absorbs him and uses his power to resurrect Christine. Mm-hmm. But uh, it doesn't work. Every All of reality just kind of crumbles. And... Yeah. And that's the thing, is the reality is crumbling long before they face off. Because, like, you know, we see our Doctor Strange, you know, talking to Wong, and Wong is, like, falling apart physically, I mean. Yeah, and he still goes through with it, and even mm-hmm. the Watcher tells him, like, hey, don't do that. And he's like, should I intervene? He's like, eh, nope, can't. And then, you know, Christine kind of breaks apart as well, 
And yep. Strange is just like, hey, Watcher, help me. And he's like, LOL, no. <laughs> and it's just like, Strange like, in a black abyss forever. Well. He's like, you know all too well about time intervention, and you know why I can't do that. So this sort of thing tells us that, you know, even though these are non-canon, um, that certain beings, if they get powerful enough, they can actually see the Watcher. Yeah. Uh, and Watcher is just like what he says. He watches different... Um, he likes to watch. You know, he's one of those guys. But uh, He's, he's a, a voyeur, rather. Yeah. But no, I mean, <laughs> he does not intervene, even if that means the collapse of an entire dimension, which, yeah, that's where Strange is. He's just floating in an abyss of darkness forever, which sounds yeah. pretty bad. Sounds sounds absolutely miserable, but, you know, all around good episode. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, we are going to review Labyrinth, 1986 classic Jim Henson project with David Bowie and a young, young uh, Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. Can I do well. a uh, quick rant? Uh, not about Labyrinth, but, uh, you know, college football's back. And this is not a rant about targeting, even though I hate the rule. And, okay. and it's, 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 um, well, it's, it's sort of related to college football, but not really. I would say try to keep it concise because I've still got to watch Zoom Academy for Superheroes so we can review that on Tuesday. I'll be doing that probably Monday, but <sighs> these bastards got me again. Let me tell you <laughs> about this horrible luck. So about five years ago. When, you know, there was no COVID. So before work, when I would eat breakfast, I would just watch a TV show called Coach. Okay? It was no big deal. I was just watching it because I never knew how it ended. So I was watching it on Netflix. And I was about ten episodes away from it being done. And one day I load Netflix up before work. Coach is gone. It was taken off. So I was very disappointed. And then earlier this year, I found it on Prime. I was like, great. And I was like, you know, I, I forgot most of it. I might, you know, now I've got, you know, breakfast and lunch because I work at home now. I'm like, oh, I'll watch it again. Why not? It was good. Plus, I forgot most of the stuff. I'm watching it. I'm all the way up to season seven, middle of season seven. There's nine seasons. And I load it up September 1st. It's not there. I was like, you sons of bitches. You did it to me again. I was like, well... Surely it had to go somewhere. So I'm looking at all the streaming services. No, it's not anywhere. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, is it really that expensive to ha to, to put Coach, a show that ended like 25 years ago, on your streaming service? I was like, fine, Prime, fine. I will pay for the final two seasons, two and a half seasons. And you go in, season one, you can buy. Season two, you can buy. Season three, you can buy. <laughs> seasons four through nine, you can't buy. Why? Uh, someone make that make sense to me. I understand, like, copyright things, like, oh, you're only allowed to host it for so long, up until September 1st, obviously. I mean, it's stupid. Like, why does nobody host it now? Like, I, you yeah. know, like, is it really that expensive? Well, like, they probably don't think a lot of people are out there trying to watch Coach right now, I don't think. Well, even then, it's like... Just make it available to purchase. Why is seasons one through three available? That really doesn't make sense. So I had to cave, and I just bought the whole freaking series on Amazon on DVD. So I'm like, this will never happen to me again. I my my future children will not live in a world where they can't watch Coach on demand. So that's my <laughs> rant. And I was like, God, you got to be kidding me! This happened to me twice now. I just want to see how it ends. I mean, I'm almost positive he just goes back to Minnesota, but I want to see it. Spoilers. I mean, that's pretty much what uh, I assume happens. Um, just because it, it's fitting. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe he, uh, you know, maybe something terrible happens. Maybe he gets in, like, a car wreck and uh, and dies. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Can't believe Coach is dead. But Actually, he wins the lottery. And, and then in the finale, his wife... Uh reveals to us that he actually died of a heart attack before they even won the thing. I, I remember reading on Reddit once, 
and someone asked that they'd never seen how the show ends, and someone commented, like, like he gives in to his addiction of painkillers. It's one of the saddest endings in television history. I'm like, what? <laughs> For some reason, that's always, like, every time I think about it, I just crack up, where it's, like, the final episode where his wife's like, it's either me or the pills, Hayden. And he's like, I'm sorry. And then just grabs the pill bottle. <laughs> Plus, it's like he's not a he, he. At no point in the series does he ever use pain pills that I'm aware of, and it's like I don't know. For some reason, that would actually be hilarious. So I'm actually hoping that's how it ends, even though I'm sure it isn't. But, uh, yeah, those bastards got me again. My God, yeah. Can I not just finish this sitcom? Why is this so yeah. hard? I don't know. Hey, I sent a I sent a Photoshop to the uh, Dangerous Nights crew. Yeah, it make, I still don't like that name. It sounds clannish. That's not it. You like that? I don't even... Who is that? Uh, That's from the movie Wonder. And, you know, the answer is like, no. The real answer is like, no, no, child. It's, it's the world who's ugly or whatever. Oh. And then I just did my low-quality barely drawn on yes instead so that's how mean-spirited i can be but uh either way it's a work of fiction guys don't get up in arms um let's see y'all oh oklahoma state has missouri state that should should be a walk in the park but if it's not it tells me just how bad our osu is going to be this year um you liked uh shang chi didn't you i loved it See, my thing is, and this may be a hot take, um, a lot of Marvel origin movies are kind of slow just because they have to world build. And this was no different in that regard, although I didn't hate what I saw. Um, without giving away any spoilers here, uh, I will say it did crack me up that uh, in like a battle for the entire island um, and potentially the, the dimension, you know, if things, you know, got worse. Um that Shang-Chi was wearing Jordans and chinos, you know? Well, you know, he, that's how he, that's how he left. To, he's got the to drip. go there. So <laughs> he's got the drip, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I said, I really loved it. It was, and I, I joked on Facebook before. I'm like, you know, Marvel's reached the point where now we're like deep into the roster of characters where it's like, I've, I never really heard of Shang-Chi before, but, um, I, yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, open to a new character. I just never heard of him, but it was really good. I liked it. I thought, uh, you know, Katie really was the, the glue of the, not, not the glue, the, uh, the backbone of the movie. I thought, thought her character was great. I feel like she'll rank pretty highly on the Jennifer Connelly the Jenny Blake standard. Yeah, sorry, Jenny. Well, same thing. Uh, no, not the same thing, because Jennifer Connelly was also Betty Ross in Hulk, so the praise is not all hers alone. True. So, yes, the Jenny Blake uh, standard, I think she'll rank pretty highly on that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, really good. The uh, mid credit scene, pretty interesting kind of wanting to see where they go with that. And the end credit scene, also kind of interesting. I did not really expect that. You'll have to text me. I remember one of the scenes. I just can't remember the other right now. But either way, way, um, no, the one I remember was very interesting for sure. Um, Real quick, do you want to talk about All Out, which is happening tomorrow evening uh sure okay so what would you say the match you're most excited to see is oh man i would have to go with i mean it's obviously i'm excited to see punk back in the ring but i think match of the show is gonna have to be the cage match i was actually gonna say the same thing um the thing with the, and I will add this, uh, Kenny and Christian could be very good, but we've already seen them have a match that 
you've got to think is going to be at least somewhat similar. And they did that, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, three. So, yeah, that's a little, uh, that that kills a little bit of the heat off of there. Not not much, but a little bit. Um, I don't know, hopefully uh, AEW puts a, puts a belt back on a baby face. That would be awesome. Um, <laughs> I think the Lucha Brothers are the, the prime option, given all the booking. Uh, especially with the go home math with the heels going over at the end of dynamite. Oh, I must say I didn't, I thought the Lucha brothers would lose to make Andrade's point. Correct. That they can't win with Pac and maybe cause dissension in that group. But that match got pushed back to rampage. So I'll be seeing it next week uh, in Cincinnati. Yeah. They take, they they said a later rampage. They didn't say specifically that one, from what I understand. Oh, I thought they meant that one, which I thought was a little strange. I'm like, they're going to be better by Wednesday, but not Sunday. I'm like, yeah. Whatever. Maybe they will. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I I think Pac has COVID. I could be wrong, but you know, we'll see. Um. Oh, what else was I going to add? Oh. Uh, let me ask you, of these three people, let's go most likely to least likely to show up. Ruby Soho, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole. I think uh, Ruby Soho is most likely. Okay. I do think Brian Danielson also shows up, mm-hmm. and I don't think Adam Cole shows up at all. Okay. Yeah, you maybe save him for something down the line. Yeah, I just that's that's a lot of debuts in a short period of time. Yeah. So I, you know, I wouldn't. Uh, there's there's no role for him right now. I don't think. Yeah, I would agree, and I would also add if you're AEW, it seems like they're going to treat the Grand Slam show in the tennis stadium like almost like a pay per view on TV. So I would debut Adam Cole not there, but the week after. Maybe. I mean, yeah. it just depends what they got lined up for that particular show. Um, I in my head of fantasy booking, I thought, well, you know, what they could do mm-hmm. is, you know, I because I you and I both think Adam Page is going to win the title at uh, Full Gear. Full, yes which I hope doesn't change dates, but I think it might. I don't know. We haven't heard anything so far. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah. But I think if if I was – what I would do if I were – I would put together a huge match for that New York show, mm-hmm. and he would come out and say, okay, listen, everyone knows my contract is coming up. And which he could sign a new deal, and it doesn't matter. And he say, "Listen, I will not sign a new contract if you agree, and you'll get rid of me forever. If you agree to a a six man tag match, and if my team wins, I get a shot at your title at full gear, and make it um, Page, and he gets." Uh, Brian Danielson and CM Punk as a team, so you get major star power. And Kenny can say, okay, I'll be me and the Good Brothers or the Young Bucks, whoever, do an injury angle. And they are like, oh my gosh, we don't know who we're going to get to fill our spot. And then it's Adam Cole. Of course, then he'd have to lose his first match, but he wouldn't be taking the pin. So, But it'd be pretty, it'd be pretty uh, you know, star-studded main event, so... That that sounds cool and all, but I feel like the way things are going, especially with pay attention to what they've done with the Dark Order over the past since Adam Page has been gone, um, Hangman's gonna come back and like basically probably accept his role as their leader. Well, see, I think he has to wait a minute and like earn their trust back. Yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, you know, they're falling apart at the seams. It, it would seem that, you know, they need some sort of stabilizing force. Hey, we all like Hangman. You know, even Uno and uh, Grayson, who, you know, respected his wishes against 
the of literally everyone else in the group. Um, so that's where I plus you know they've been te- they've been you know hammering it home for months, basically all summer. Like the the elite have the numbers advantage over basically everyone they come into contact with. So it makes perfect sense that you know for someone to finally usurp them, they've got to have the numbers to match. The Dark Order matches the numbers with the Elite. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just going for big time star power though, and uh, yeah, you could AEW, get like a 1.5 million rating maybe. Who knows? I don't know, but AEW doesn't really do the whole like hot shotting uh, angles for the sake of star power. They just they they tend to tell they tell better stories than most wrestling promotions do these days, it would seem. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just... I just think I the mean, one show wouldn't hurt. They made a freaking 90-pound... Uh, I like Turtles kid who watched too much jackass growing up into, like, an upper mid-carter, <laughs> for example. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, if you can't tell, I'm not a huge Darby Allen fan. I don't hate the guy. I just, I will always contend, probably to my death, that I don't think anyone should put a world title on him. But, you know, he's a good upper mid Carter guy. Eh, that's okay. I don't uh, care for Karrion Cross, so you know we're even. Yeah, I guess. Uh, anyway, enough of that. Enough of all this side talk. I am excited for All Out, though. Um. Let's get into Labyrinth, and the very first thing we're going to do here is dig up the old time capsule. I'm digging this up, and I wasn't even born when it came out. Uh, June 27, 1986. Uh, your number one song in the United States at the time was On My Own by Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald. I love Michael McDonald, by the way, especially when he was in the Doobie, Bro- Doobie Brothers. Um, let's see here. In the WWF... <laughs> Guess, Eddie. Um, Hulk Hogan. Yes, sir. This was his four-year run. Uh, mm-hmm. In the NWA, Ric Flair was your world heavyweight champion. So Nice. He's back oh. in the NWA, too. Yeah, he is, man. I have a, a buddy of mine got a picture drinking a beer with him at the pay-per-view that weekend because a, a buddy of mine works on the... Uh, like prelim, like he was in the pre-show battle royal, which is still pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Kid from nowhere, Oklahoma, on the NWA, even if it's not, you know, close to the main two, but whatever. It's more than what it was twenty years ago. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's see. facts and figures, Eddie. You got that pulled up? I do. By the way, I was a little over one years old, so I wasn't doing much. Yeah. Hadn't even yeah. moved out of the apartment yet. Uh, my brother, my my oldest brother would have been a month old when this came out. So, well, the budget twenty five million, box office twenty four point nine million. But uh, I was going to one... say U.S. was only twelve point nine. Yeah, I don't know why Wikipedia didn't put the international stuff on there at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, just missed the cut, but, uh, I think this is one of those movies that, um, it's been seen by enough people since then that it recouped its losses. Yeah, it's got cult status for sure, you would think. Mm-hmm. And critics, 73%, fans, 86 Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. You said fans, 86, and critics what now? 73. Well, okay. That is something, man. You're... Wow, I didn't realize just how small the cast was in this, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of puppets. <laughs> yeah, quite a few. Quite a few. Uh, no need to talk about puppeteers. Not to disrespect those be behind the puppets, but, you know. Well, I prefer puppets to CGI. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. But that being said, um, do we even need to talk? There's two people we actually need to talk about, right? Uh, yeah. And Toby. I mean, Toby was a baby. Like, that's cool. <laughs> Did you know that 
Toby is British. <sighs> Ridiculous. Yeah, I know. The British baby played an American baby. How? Dude, that, that is range, bro. I know. And what's weird is he grew up, that baby, and now he, like, works as a puppeteer. So it's like <laughs> in his, he was raised on puppets. Yeah. I would say so. I would I, say so. I wonder if he is at parties and is like, you know, I was the baby in Labyrinth. I would. <laughs> I would, too. I would, too. If I was background kid number four in L- Labyrinth, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I was in Labyrinth. Yeah, it was pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I said, what up? Or whatever. Uh, next up, the the uh, younger version of Jennifer Connelly. And uh, no, no other comments will be made. But uh, she, she was fine. You know, you could, you could tell she was... Let's say she was a child actor. So this was not quite um, a beautiful mind. I will say that. Now, um, I thought out of the labyrinth, her acting was not so great. When she was in the labyrinth, I thought it was pretty good. uh, The way she made friends with the characters and was getting frustrated at times, but then would also you know, get cocky at times, but in, in the beginning when she's, like, throwing a temper tantrum, that was kind of cringy. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, man. Uh, what did you think of uh, Sir David Bowie? I assume he's knighted. Sir David Bowie of, uh, who played the role of Jareth, the Goblin King. Uh, I don't think he's knighted, but... Well, he should be. Posthumously. I don't care. I mean... <laughs> It's David Bowie. He was awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you could talk about the fact that he's, you know, creepily trying to hook up with a 16-year-old. But, yeah. you know, in the land of goblins, uh, there may not be such laws. So it's uh, probably permissible there. I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. So David <laughs> Bowie actually I'm sorry. I'm sorry uh, to no-sell your pedophilia joke. Uh, David Bowie refused knighthood. Ooh, that's pretty alpha. Yeah. I seriously don't know what it's for. It's not what I spent my life working for. That's (laughs) ballsy, dude. Be like, nah, I I don't want your knighthood. It's all good, man. David Bowie is ballsy if you watched this movie. Uh, Yeah, he's ballsy and uh, bulgy for sure. Um, seriously, this is a kid's movie. What are you doing, David? Sir David? Not quite Sir David, but yeah. I'm calling him Sir anyway. He had the honor. He just turned it down. Oh, man. He alphaed the queen. That's pretty good. He did, yeah. He cucked the queen, dude. Um, wow. Yeah, and I'm going to say it. Uh, I made that joke to you that seemed to... Seemed to irk you a little bit. Uh, I liked. I said I liked this better in the '30s when it was called The Wizard of Oz. Um, well, it didn't irk me. It was just a bad comparison. Look, let's be honest. There are some similarities here. I mean, people go yeah. off to a strange land and make friends with the people that are with the weird creatures that are there. I mean, Shang Chi exactly. did that too. Exactly. Similarities, bro. Similarities. Oh, bro, what'd you think? Speaking of Shang-Chi, I know we're, we're already into the movie, but what'd you think of that never-ending story-sized lion, dude? That was great. I uh, I loved all the Chinese mythology uh, yeah. creatures coming to life. That was cool. Is that why this movie was banned in China? Like, what's, what's the deal there? Shang-Chi was banned in China? I swear to God, it, it's not, uh, like... I'm assuming theaters are open in China, and it's not playing over there. There's no way that's true. I swear. It feels like Shang-Chi was made for China. Like, there was a lot of Mandarin in that movie. Shang-Chi doesn't have a release date in China. This chart shows why it's a big deal. Um, Let's see here. I mean, look, I'm not saying that... uh... The underlying 
controversy seems to stem from the film's casting, the perception of the comic book series that Shang-Chi is based on. What's wrong with the casting? I don't know. Maybe maybe he's Korean. I don't know. He said he wasn't Korean when the bully called him Gangnam Style. <laughs> That's when I realized that, oh crap, this character is as old as I am. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I... <laughs> When I was uh, when I was a junior in high school, yeah, I can't figure out why it's not showing in China, but I know it's not. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. That's bizarre. Okay, here we go. China has strict rules on content and suppresses anything that it believes violates its core socialist values or detracts from its nationalistic image. What was wrong with? I don't know. I didn't think it portrayed China negatively at all. But then again, this is a guy who doesn't let Winnie the Pooh in their country. So I don't know. <laughs> they have weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, bro. I can't find out a reason why they didn't have it out over there. But Yes, and it's... the actor uh, Simu Li, Lu, sorry, is uh, born in China, but he's yeah. Canadian citizenship. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, dude. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, China's strange about. Uh, I feel like they, like I said, I feel like they made it too do big in China. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. You know what? If I was an American business, I'd just be like, "To hell with China! They're it's too it's it's too much, you know? Uh. It's too much." You make a movie about a Chinese superhero and you can't even air it there. Like, <laughs> jeez. Now, now I know why Quentin Tarantino was like, no, I'm not removing the scene of Bruce Lee getting beat up. <laughs> hey, did you see the new uh, Eddie Kingston shirt? No. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to send it to you, pal. Oh, man. You're going to love it. Well, what was your history with uh, Labyrinth? Uh, I saw it. I saw portions of it once when I was a kid. Like, one of my brothers turned it on before I went to bed. That's all. Well, this I've seen actually... it like a million times. So. Yeah. Hey, hey, this is an actual shirt that's being sold on Pro Wrestling Tees right now. I didn't get it. Did you not watch the Rampage? I watched it. Do you not remember Eddie Kingston saying redeem these nuts? No. Well, he did, and it's a shirt, and it's on sale. Mm, Okay. Uh, Good times, man. Good times. Eddie Kingston is for the boys. Eh, I hope he gets killed. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that, man. He's the biggest in wrestling now. No, he will lose, and it'll be Lana's fault, and I'll be happy. Oh, yeah, C.J. Perry's going to show up. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I- Iconics, too. No. <laughs> All right, let's go back to Labyrinth, dude. I, I-, I got us off track already. Yeah. <sighs> well, will we dive into the plot? We may as well. All right, well, we open with Sarah who's, I guess, LARPing in the park with nobody else? Yeah, she's LARPing by herself, and literally no one's there. Not even, okay, not just not participating, but not even watching. Yeah, and it seems like she's really into this uh, young adult novel, The Labyrinth, about goblins, and it's like, uh, yeah, she really takes it super seriously, and I imagine it would be like, if kids today were like, oh, I wish I could just go live in the forest with Jacob or Edward or whatever. I don't I didn't even watch Twilight, but I imagine it's similar vibes. Yeah, like I wish I could go to Hogwarts with Hermione. Yeah, there we go. Swanson. Uh, yeah, it's like a Harry Potter, Twilight kind of novel for young, oh, young adult females. Ron Weasley. There we go. Not Ron Swanson. That's a very different, different uh, book. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, she's late in getting home to babysit her baby brother, well, half-brother. Yeah. And she gets home, 
and her dad and stepmom are like, hey, you're late. And she flips out, like, oh, I can't do anything right. And it's like, well, quit being late. (laughs) Like, she may as well have been like, oh, my stepmom's such a bitch. It's like, your mom, she didn't do anything. She's just, she even told you, hey, go get a date. It's cool. Like, we want you to date. Yeah, and she's like, well, your father and I never get to go out. She's like, you go out every weekend. And it's like, eh, do they? I don't know. It's hard to... It's hard to tell who's telling the truth there. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't really trust this 16 year old. She seems a little immature. Yeah. Well, the baby. By the way, she was 16 when this came out, which means she was probably 15, maybe even 14 when it got filmed. Hmm. Oh, David Bowie. <laughs> yep. So yeah, the baby's crying. Sarah tells her brother Toby the story about the Goblin King giving her powers like i said she's like deep into the um the the i don't know mythology of the of the labyrinth story so if this were today she'd be online like writing fan fiction on reddit for (laughs) goblin king yes dude uh, so yeah whatever this book is she's like heavy into it and she's like, oh, let me tell you about the Goblin King. Well, he was giving me powers. Like, she's puts herself into this story of this book. Uh, with, or maybe it's a screenplay. I don't know. Because she's, like, always tries to memorize the lines. And she's like, oh, I can never remember the you have no power over me line. And uh, so, yeah, she's saying that the goblins would actually, I wish they would take you. And they're, they're act- the goblins are actually looking on. And she finally says, I wish they would take her, take uh, Toby. And she leaves the room, and then Toby stops crying. And then she goes back in, and Toby's gone. And in comes David Bowie as Jareth, the Goblin King. Oh, by the way, for confirmation, um, this was filmed from April to September of 1985. So Jennifer Connelly was a crisp 15 years old. At the time. But, yeah, David Bowie made an impression, just like uh, something made an impression in what he was wearing. Well, look, like I said, um, (laughs) it's not okay in America. I don't know the laws of the goblin land. Yeah. I mean, I'll judge, because... uh, Yeah. It's amoral either way, like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, it might be legal in the land of the goblins. I can still frown upon it. Yeah, that's well, that's goblins, my stance. Isn't that a Happy Valley? Out in, uh, uh, yes. Uh, State College, Pennsylvania. Yes, it is. <laughs> Got him. So he says, "I've taken Toby." And says, "Okay, if you want uh, your brother back." Uh, He's in the center of the labyrinth, and you have 13 hours to solve it, or else he's mine forever. And he's got, like, this cool clock with 13 hours on it. (laughs) But he also offered... Yeah, there was a 13th hour on the clock. But he uh, also offered her this crystal that could show her uh, a version of her future self. I don't know. And then it turned into a snake, and then it turned into a scarf, which was covered up by a goblin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah heads out, and she learns of the entrance of the labyrinth from Hoggle, who's like this uh, goblin, I guess. Curmudgeon, too, man. Yeah, he's off uh, gassing fairies. <laughs> yes, dude. He was and, counting that like sixty some odd. Well, apparently they they're a nuisance. I mean, they're they are like little tiny females, but apparently they bite. So yeah, they bite. Yeah, I I would uh. I'd get rid of him, too. Yeah. So, yeah, he shows her the entrance to the labyrinth, but it looks like no matter where you go, left or right, it just goes on forever. So yeah. this, this worm gives her advice, and it's basically... So I didn't know if this was, like, an invisible wall, but it looked like, you know in those old video games when the walls were, like, paper-thin? Like, when you would, like, walk up to a wall really close and, like, turn, and the game's parameters would, like, kind of break, and you could see that the wall graphic was paper-thin? Yes, dude. That's what it felt like. Like, this labyrinth wall is paper-thin, and if there is a hallway that you can go beyond it, you just can't 
see it because it blends in so perfectly into the background because it's like paper thin. That's how I took it, but I mean, I guess it could be, you know, in like a hologram or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, she uh, finally gets out of the starting gate and is off to the to the castle. Mm-hmm. She's we... uh, yeah, she's ready to go. She's uh, hunting for Princess Peach. Yeah. Then we cut to a song that is absolutely fire. <laughs> And if you've never seen it, go to YouTube now. Or actually, don't. I'll put it at the end of the episode. But it's Dance Magic. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. That's preceded by a quote we will save for the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, great song, electric. And meanwhile, Sarah's trying to solve the labyrinth by writing, like, these little arrows on the ground of where, where I've already been and where I'm going. But mm-hmm. there's goblins underneath it that are, like, flipping the stones to change mm-hmm. where she's been or whatever. So it screws her up. Yeah. And and uh, they even point out throughout the movie, but Sarah is very whiny. She's constantly uh, describe, describing things as not fair, which, that's life. And you're dealing with the, the Goblin King. Oh, and by the way, and we may not have mentioned, um, but if she doesn't get Toby before the 13th hour comes up, like, he's going to become a goblin, from what I gathered. Yeah. And Jareth's already talking, like, I'll name him Jareth, because he looks like me. <laughs> but yeah, she uses the line, it's not fair, a lot. But yeah, this uh, this labyrinth, we learn, is much like the forest in Shang-Chi. It just kind of, the walls just kind of move, you know, um... Whenever you're not looking at them, they can shift mm-hmm. and screws up your whole day. Yeah, for sure, dude. So she comes across these two doors. The guards say, one of us always tells the truth and one of us always lies. And it seems like the one <laughs> who said that should be the truth teller. But then it's like, yeah. I would have just asked each one, because one had a red shield, the other had a blue shield. I would just ask both of them what color their shield was, and then you'd know. Ooh! Yeah. Ooh! Yes! Pretty, pretty clever. Wow, yeah, that's even more clever than what Sarah came up with. Yeah, she's like, would he tell me that this is the door to get to the castle? And she thinks that that solved it, but maybe they both lie? I don't know. It, I think the scene kind of loses its... <laughs> yeah. But, because she goes in the door that should have worked, but then drops into a pit of hands. And yes. After they all grope her, they just drop her down into like sir, the sewer. Sir, sir, the helping hands. Come on. That was pretty cool. Where they would all just form faces. Yeah, that was awesome. For real. And they, uh, yeah, the uh, the the Atlanta Puppet Museum's got a lot of labyrinth stuff. Really. Highly, highly recommend. Yeah. I mean, it's got like a whole room dedicated to Jim Henson, so there's some stuff I in there. I could imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Atlanta Puppet Museum. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, like I said, I, I like, puppets are just better than the CGI. Jurassic Park is my go-to for that example, because the CGI dinosaurs look worse than the Jurassic Park 1 dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, but puppets are probably more expensive, so I get it. Sorry, Floyd met the wingmen at uh, the All Out Fan Fest. <laughs> well, that's... Uh... Imagine paying money to meet the wingmen. <laughs> uh, yeah, he met a lot of people. I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't want to pay money to go to a fan fest when you're behind like a plexiglass wall of every wrestler. That's... I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's really lame too, man. I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. You know, I'm watching college football today. It's like everybody's, you know, <laughs> every yeah. stadium sold out. Like we're moving, we're moving on regardless. Sorry, Rex Chapman, but every, we're all moving forward. <laughs> you know, go steal some iPhones, you hack. If you can't tell, I hate Rex Chapman because he steals iPhones and content, and then just posts like, "Oh, we don't deserve dogs," and everybody forgets about all the stupid stuff he's done. Yeah. Well. Terrible Twitter account. Yeah, Rex Chapman sucks, dude. Yeah, some bench player no one ever even heard of before he got Twitter. <laughs> so what you're saying is he's like the Vinny Massaro of basketball Twitter. Ooh, yeah, that's actually pretty good. 
<laughs> gotcha. Yeah, uh, so yeah, the hands all drop her down, and she runs into Hoggle again in like yeah. the sewers, or I don't know if it's the sewers or not. It looks like it. So he takes her through some talking walls, and we see Jareth again. He's dressed as a puppet this time, and then he takes off his clothes. He's like, oh, tra-la-la. That was funny. <laughs> yes, dude. And Hoggle's like, I was just taking her back to the beginning of the labyrinth. And she's like, what? <laughs> and Jareth uh, is like, so how do you think about my labyrinth? And she's like, oh, it's a piece of cake. And then he speeds up time, so it gives her less time. He's like, well, what do you think about this slice? <laughs> and then he throws one of the crystals, and then it turns into this big, giant metal drill. I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. That was pretty cool, especially, yeah, what do you think of this slice? That's a great line, dude. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Which, uh, the Labyrinth has not been a piece of cake. I don't know why she, why she thought that. I guess she's just trying to annoy Jarek. Yeah, she was just putting on airs, man. Yeah, she's been having a lot of troubles with the Labyrinth. Yes, quite a few. But yes, they escaped the big drill, which it was great What's behind the drill. It's just like these goblins like pedaling on a bike <laughs> to power it. And uh, so Sarah and Hoggle have an argument, and he's like, you know, I was only telling Jareth that because I'm scared of him. And he, so Hoggle uh, chickens out and just leaves when he hears like a big roar. Yeah. yeah. And Sarah goes to see what, what what's going on. So and... what did they... Okay, there was a... Um, pardon me here. Jareth had told Hoggle that he was going to curse him with something. Some type of stench. The bog of remember. eternal stench. Yes, the bog of eternal stench. There we go. Yeah, which is that like, apparently, if, you, if your skin comes in contact with this swamp, this bog... You will smell yeah. forever, and no amount of washing will ever clean you. <laughs> Sounds miserable. Yeah, that'd be bad. Yes. So they, they, uh, yeah, she, it comes on the big roaring, and it's Ludo, this big, abominable beast thing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he's tied up, and he's being tortured by goblins with smaller goblins on sticks that are biting him. <laughs> and Ludo like summons these little small rocks and she throws them at the goblins and they run off goblins are uh, pretty worthless as far as henchmen yeah yeah and they're not uh, they're about like uh, and this may be a deep cut if you remember Bam Neely from WWE ECW oh who could forget yeah no one forgot Bam Neely um, yeah they're about like him for sure yeah, they're real dunderheads, these Dunder goblins. Head. So, they, uh, yeah, she gets Ludo down, and uh, they pass through a door with uh, talking door knockers. And oh, yeah, because they, because uh, she has to uh, hold the nose, hold the nostrils of uh, one of the. Uh, the knockers. There we go, because uh, they, they took his uh, handle out, and he didn't want it back. So, yeah, I had to get him to open his mouth again. Mm-hmm. I that like was... the thing. I like that she apologized, and he's like, it's okay, I'm used to it. She, <laughs> they, she, he, they were cool with it after. <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, she's good-hearted. She's good-hearted. But, yeah, I mean, you're a door knocker. I'm sorry. You have to knock to... Uh... You know, they had a knock to get through. Exactly. So Ludo just vanishes, and Hoggle goes to help, and Jareth shows up and gives him a uh, poison peach to give to her, or else he'll drop him into the bog of eternal stench. And then he's like, oh, if she kisses you, you'll be a prince. The prince of eternal stench. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay Jareth, we don't need that joke twice in a row. We gotcha. He, he's really hammering that one. Like, mm-hmm. He's really proud yeah, of that. Are we sure his name isn't Jeff Jareth and he is not going to call someone Slap Nuts or something? Ooh, got him. Got him. So Sarah stumbles onto... Oh, man, this was... 
Sarah stumbles onto a green screen, and it's the worst scene of the movie. And even labyrinth lovers like myself, we do not enjoy <laughs> this scene. It's uh, we can't defend it. It comes out of nowhere. The song is forgettable. It's weird and not in a good way. It doesn't lead to anything, and on top of that, it just looks awful. It's like none of the other scenes in the movie are shot in... I mean, no, that's not true. There are green screen effects in the movie, but none of them are this blatant. Like, this looked really bad, even for the time. Uh, Yeah, it just didn't fit, and... Yeah, I don't know. These creatures were weird, and they wanted to take her head off, and... I don't know. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it was not good. And then she just leaves them, and it's like, okay, they're gone. <laughs> and uh, Hoggle helps her, throws a rope, and gets her. And she kisses him, and just says, Jareth promised, if you, you know, if she kisses you, you'll be the Prince of Eternal Stench. <laughs> yes, the Prince of Eternal Stench. So just like that, the ground, like, opens up, and they slide down a slide into the Bog of Eternal Stench. And Ludo shows up. They find a bridge to cross, but it is guarded by Sir Didymus. And Sir Didymus and Ludo fight, and Ludo earns his respect, so they let him cross the bridge. And then the bridge breaks. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, much like earlier, Ludo is able to summon rocks to... From out from the bog, so you, the the rocks just come up, and you can walk across them. Then, so it's, it's all good. Nobody gets the stench on them forever. Yeah, no, nobody wants that eternal stench, man. No, I I feel like there's there is a guy at my gym. I don't think he goes there anymore, but I'm oh, pretty sure he fell in that bog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he would always wear like a Dolph Ziggler shirt too, which is extra funny. That like is. a really obscure one. It was like I'm not a. It's something stupid. Like I don't enjoy showing off, but I am a show. It's, I don't know. Whatever. Something about a show off, and it's. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even think it was a Dolph Ziggler shirt, but it's got like the DZ on the back, and it's something about a show off, and it's stupid. And he cut the sleeves off, and it looks really bad. But yeah. Is it the? Uh, is it a pink one? Okay, I, I think I know what it is. I think it's the it's not showing off if you back it up. Yes, that's it. That's the one. Because <laughs> we actually used to sell those at Walmart. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Yeah, that's a dumb one. But yeah, he he. I like I said. I mean, maybe he just when he gets sweaty, he just has really bad bo. But that could be it. I don't know. I haven't seen him in forever. So hopefully we we'll keep it that way. But now that you mention it, it's probably not because as someone who does wash himself daily and, you know, soap and shampoo and all that good stuff, even when I sweat profusely, I don't smell like terrible body odor. You know, I don't smell like anything died. Yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't either. You know, I'm sweaty and you can tell and I might have a slight stench to me maybe at the very end of the work day. But that's about it. Well, this guy must have fell onto the bog of eternal stench, so... I suppose he did. Yeah. So, uh... Sarah mentions that she's hungry, and, uh... Hoggle gives her the, uh... The poison peach. Aww. And then he's mad that he turned on her and runs off, and she passes out into a dream, and... Well, she passes out, and then she dreams about uh, Jareth. She's at, like, an ice-wide shut party. Oof! Oof! Yeah, Fidelio. Why'd you say that? Well, because they were all wearing, like, the weird masquerade masks. Mm, Fair enough. And she sees Jareth, and they dance. And then Sarah wakes up, and she's in a junkyard. (sighs) And a goblin with a bunch of junk on her back lands... uh, leads her to her room and Sarah thinks it was a dream and the junk lady shows up which I was weird and she keeps giving her like all these stuffed animals and all these things from her childhood that she threw away as a kid and I'm like man if that happened to me and this goblin was like here's all your toys that you threw away as a kid I would just cry with joy and just accept them all and be like yes this is where I want to be (laughs) (laughs) this is much happier than where you know 
whatever I'm doing now. Yeah. But Sarah realizes it's a trap, stall her, so she climbs out of her room, which starts crumbling, and is rescued by Ludo and Sir Didymus. And they finally make their way into the Goblin City, and we get my favorite puppet of the movie. This giant robot knight shows up, and he's like swinging this big axe at him. And Hoggle comes back, he jumps on the head, rips off the helmet, it's just this goblin controlling it with levers, and he throws him out. Yeah. And then uh, Hoggle apologizes, and he finally did something brave, so all is forgiven. Well, that's that's good. That's mighty wide of you, Sarah. (laughs) Jeez. Well, it's not, no, I didn't mean Caucasian, I meant like, (laughs) like noble, you know? Yeah, I, I guess. Are you not familiar with that old term? I mean, yes. I just always thought it was uh, associated with like saying it as like a racist, like you oh. say it to another white person or something. Oh come on! Hold on. Similar expression, blah blah blah. Mighty wide of you. I remember Dexter says it to like this Nazi. Right before he injects him with his knockout serum, he's like, that's mighty white of you. I'm like, oh, it's because he's racist. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, uh, with the meaning of thank you for being fair. That's the original meaning. Because of its racist connotations, since the mid to late 20th century, it has mostly been used ironically when used at all. Well. Uh, Old racist Caleb. Yeah, apparently. I'm canceled. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that'll be our last episode. But... Yep. Join uh, join the show next... Uh, hey, guys, listen next week when Eddie and John are hosting the HeroCast. John, that lazy bum. Yeah. What's he doing? Probably watching a movie right now. Yeah. Oh, my... What if is the one I'm looking forward to the most? Oh, I'm, I haven't even started it, guys. I got through maybe 15 minutes of the first episode. <laughs> yeah. They're so time-consuming at 25 minutes. Yes. Yes. Although, to be fair, this last one was uh, 35. It was good. Well, anyway, uh, they enter the yeah. Goblin City, and Jarek sends all the Goblin Guards to stop them. And they have him surrounded inside this little house, but Ludo summons all of the rocks to attack the guards. That's pretty good. And they reach the castle, but Sarah has to go it alone. And uh, she goes in, and she walks into the uh, Relativity art piece. Google that. Uh. And we get a... Uh, let's see. Oh, we get another uh, another David Bowie banger. This was, uh... Oh, jeez. Yeah, now I remember it. And you know what's what? funny is when I saw this, when I saw this, it actually reminded me of, and this is a deep cut, uh, the end sequence of Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, because they did something very similar, although not nearly as good as this. Yeah, this was uh, probably my favorite scene in the movie where... Like I said, uh, if you don't, if you never seen the movie, Google the relativity painting. You'll see what that is. So it's hey, like the stairs that lead everywhere. Yeah, breaking news by the way, and this is very good news. Per Don West deals, that's his Twitter account. After eight weeks of chemotherapy and thirteen treatments of radiation, my cancer is now in remission. Well, that's good. That's very good, dude. Like. <laughs> Seriously, like, I get it, Don West wasn't super knowledgeable on color commentary, but what he lacked in knowledge, he certainly made up for in, in enthusiasm. Yeah, uh, we met him at a house show once. And... Did, he, did he sell you a shirt? Did he Did he get you to buy a shirt? No, he was pitching the shirts, though. Yes. And my friend, like, immediately figured out what was going on, and... Uh, He's, like, giving all these deals, and then my friend goes into the mic. He's like, you can't do that. And then Don West's like, oh, I just did. <laughs> so he was playing off of him, like, you can't do that. Those prices are too low. It was really funny. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, so 
yeah, we get our, uh, our, our David Bowie where he's walking upside down on these stairs and he's singing the without you song. Sorry, within you, within you. Yeah. And, uh, he throws the, uh, crystal or the, um, what, uh, why did I just forget what it's called? The orb glass ball. Yeah. Uh, whatever. And he throws it to Toby. Um, <laughs> And then, um, so yeah, the 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 whole world kind of no. Where am I at? They go into like these. Uh, well, they kind of like teleport. They were in the the relative painting, and then they go to like a cloud or something. And he's like, she starts to recite the phrase that is in the book about to stop the Goblin King. And he's like, oh, you just need to fear me, love me, let me rule you, and I will be your slave. Which doesn't make any sense, because if someone's your slave, they're not also ruling over you. Yeah, no, he's just manipulating. That's all he was trying to do. Yes, but every woman in the 80s watching this was probably just like, yes, please, I will do yep. that. <laughs> yep, yep. But Sarah finally finishes the phrase. She finally remembers the line about you have no power over me. And then David Bowie's just like, oh. and then everything just crashes, <laughs> like the whole world like shatters, and like a, with a weird glass effect on the screen. Yeah. And she just starts falling and lands in her bed. Yeah. And Toby's asleep in the next room, and the parents come back home, and it's like, oh, was it a dream? And it's like. No, because there's Ludo, Hoggle, Sir Didymus, and some goblins. And they're there to celebrate in the room. So I guess it was real? I don't know. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Who knows? Roll credits, the end. <laughs> yep. That was Labyrinth. I really love this setting, and I'm glad. Glad I got to had an excuse to watch this. And, man, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. I was going to give it an 8 out of 10 as well. Still holds up. Still good music in the the thing. The puppets still hold up. They're great. It's entertaining. It's a good family movie. Definitely, uh, definitely one to to check out. It's on uh, HBO Max, which I actually did find out is included in my cable, so it's free for me. So that's, good. That's cool. That's good to hear, man. Oh, folks. Oh, by the way, guys. Twitter account at I am Caleb B at eddyc85 for the show ec underscore hero instagram is ec herocast ec herocast at gmail.com as well of course check me out every thursday morning on the grave consequences podcast which is a part of the social suplex podcast network that's all the plugs we have we're gonna get out of here but before we do we're gonna give you a nice little uh, back and forth between me and ed to uh send y'all out if you will, I will start. <laughs> you got the script, Ed? Oh, I got it. But uh, don't right. be surprised if I start singing away after we're done. Because <laughs> it's so catchy. Yeah, absolutely. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Who do? You do. Do what? Remind me of the babe. I saw my baby crying <laughs> hard as babe could cry. No, I, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't do it justice. Google it, though. But yes. I'm going to play it right now, so you don't have to. Exactly. You remind me of the babe. Babe. Babe with the power. What power? Power of voodoo. You do. Remind me of the babe. <laughs> A goblin babe. Dance, magic, 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 dance,
Baby said, 